All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. We are talking, uh, what are we talking tonight? Week 12, I guess it is. Is that right, Ed? Yeah, buddy. All right, we have week 12. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be over here. Red Triangle Sports, week 12, Sons of Fantasy Football League, live and in studio. I'm your host, Denver Judge Dog, Matt Koslowski. Joining me live is Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. First time all season, bud. Is this the first time I've been in person? Yeah. I thought we did it one other time. Maybe I'm wrong. No, we did one at your house. Your old house, I think. I don't know. You're An off-season here. podcast we know. did. I'm here. He is here, and we're excited to have him. Are you excited to be here? Always. Someone's got to be excited to be here if Shane's not. Someone does have to pick up the slack with us. <laughs> um, we don't know where Shane is. <laughs> off the grid. Yeah. Um, I think we have a better idea of where Shane is compared to where Jeremy is, but... Um, at least we know that I think Shane's around. Uh, Jeremy, if you're listening, feel free to hit any of us back up. <laughs> any of us. Um, so that's where we're at there. <clears throat> Week 12, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, I think everybody's excited to get their grub on. Uh, where are you, What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Where are you going? Going to the fiancé's family's farm where they cook like three turkeys and like hams and stuff in their big bakery oven so I'm looking forward to it always a lot of food big dog gone eat it's my favorite holiday <laughs> I love turkey I eat like 20 pounds of it myself so the only thing that makes me mad is the Steelers are playing at night and I'm also a big fan of Black Friday shopping so I gotta pick and choose and if you eat that much turkey you're gonna have a hard time staying awake yeah so um Black Friday should not be interrupted Thanksgiving, though. So you should be okay to watch a game on Thursday if you're going shopping Black Friday, unless you're one of those people that... I am. Okay. I do. So Eddie's one of those. Um, <laughs> that's what we got out of that conversation. Let's get into trivia. You're the only one here tonight, so I made the trivia question. It's going to be bad. <laughs> um, it's always the worst, and now I'm the only. So. We're going to talk about running backs tonight. And I just want to ask you, there are nine running backs that have more than 150 rushing attempts this year. So, can you name, how many of the nine can you name that have more than 150? Just to give you a little bit of an understanding of where we're at here when I'm saying 150, um, the leader on this list is at 223. And after 150, number 10 on the list is at 145. So, let's start with Zeke. Zeke is the top guy at 223. I'll go with Gurley. Gurley's number eight at 187. That's far down. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. Um, <clears throat> let's go with David Johnson. He's number five. At 197. Let's go with... Uh, Melvin Gordon. Number two, 217. Devontae Freeman. He's the guy that's at 145. He's number 10. But he's the bottom of the barrel. He's not in this list. Oh, you're saying top nine. Yeah, he's 145. He's the one guy that's under 150. Did you tell me that? You just said there was a guy there. I didn't tell you he okay. was the guy. Yeah. DeMarco? Number three, 212. 
So you got one, two, three, five, one fifty. Yeah, so you got. He's number nine at one sixty-three. Old man Gore. Three more to get. Number four, number six, and number seven. I'm impressed right now. You're doing well. So I didn't think this was too hard of a question. I mean, you got to think about guys that are either the lone wolf in their offense or they're having a nice season. So, and they've been healthy for right. the most part. I think one of these is obvious. The other two, I could see falling through the cracks here. He's number four. He was not the obvious one that I thought. So I still think one of these is obvious. Let's go back to the one I missed. Uh, Lamar Miller? He's the obvious one I thought. Number six, 192. One more to get. Just check that list you're reading off of on your I'm computer. I'm sick of the teams, <laughs> Just scrolling through the list of the NFL teams right now, I'm looking at what I want to do. There was something I had. What was it? Uh, this is riveting, riveting radio right now. <clears throat> this is not going to be right. Gotta love the silence when you get Jay, into the trivia question. That's your high. It's not Jay. I'll give it to you. I think so. Number seven, 189 carries. Matt Forte. Dang it, that's who it was. I was going to say. 100, 185 of them were in the first three weeks. So. <laughs> 13 cents. Yeah. So, um, nice job, Ed. He was, he was one time on trade because he was a top five back. Yes. Yep, he was. That's all right. Um, NBA FanDuel. Going okay tonight for you guys. You and Shane, not so good for me. Hoping uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Splash Bros, can pull me out of the funk I'm in tonight. But this is not an open invite. Two dollars a night. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. The only one that's good is Matt. So <laughs> we've played six times. I've won four. Shane's won two. Um, that number added. Those two numbers added together are six. So you guys can do the math on how many times <laughs> Eddie's won so far. <laughs> Tonight may be the night you get off the schneid, though, buddy. All right. Going to get into some trade recaps. Have had some action. Trade deadlines in two and a half hours. Let's uh, take a look here at some of the trades that have been done. The last trade that we talked about on the podcast was the Alshon Jeffrey deal. Um, Shane threw a fit. Kind of. Um, since then, Sunday night... With the news of A.J. Green's hamstring injury, Eddie pulls off a three-team deal. Uh, Eddie receives A.J. Green and Chris Thompson. Butler receives Latavius Murray, $6 of draft cash from Schur. And Schur received Jordan Howard. Um, you want to take us through a little bit of what happened there? So much fun. <laughs> First time since week probably three I felt alive in the league. Um, I almost contacted everybody in the league. Um, wanted to move a guy to someone for a little bit of cash because I was at my max to free up some cash to give Butler an enticing deal for A.J. Green. Honestly, 
I hit everybody up because I thought I was going to have to move Rob Kelly for five and Howard for five to open up ten dollars. So I didn't think Latavius in five was going to get it done. But Latavius in ten was a pretty solid deal. Um, Latavius in five didn't get it done. Latavius in six got it done. But Latavius in yeah. five did get it yeah. done, but I yeah. took six because that was the highest bid. I threw Butler an extra dollar. Um, no one knows that till now. Um, <laughs> but it ended up turning into a, a bidding war almost for Jordan Howard. It was funny because right after the deal was done, sealed, signed, delivered, Rob Kelly did his thing. And yeah. then people were asking, is Rob Kelly still on the table? And I was like, I'm maxed out. Sorry. Yeah. Can't, can't do anything about it now. But it was funny because everyone I texted was like, Howard's the guy I think I'd want. Everyone was Howard, 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 Howard. No one wanted Kelly. Couldn't sell the dude. Didn't think I was going to get the deal done for AJ Green because I wasn't going to go to get um, the five for uh, Kelly. But then I started to think, oh, I'll get 10 for Howard maybe because a bunch of people were interested. But um, it was fun. Um, I'm glad I was aggressive Sunday night because now the news of A.J. Green, I, we wouldn't have got him moved, I don't think, a day or two later. So I'm glad I was aggressive and went after it and um, opens up the keeper options a little bit more for myself. Yeah. Um, Green will be 48 as a keeper next year. Because he'll be kept for a second year in a row, so he'll get the three dollar tax added on. Still gotta read the fine print. Which yeah, we'll read the fine print because Ed's gonna pull a Shane and argue about it a little bit. But we'll pull out the fine print on that and see if maybe you found a loophole there. So the other trade um, that Butler made is then he flips that ten dollars over to me um, from Mike Wallace. I also get sure Kendrick Weston deal. How do you think I did there, Ed? I think it's a good move. <clears throat> Anytime you're selling, uh, there's no keeper value for Mike Wallace, I don't believe. So to flip a guy and get your 10 bucks to max out, I think it's a solid move for you. Um, for Butler, eh, I'm not sure Mike Wallace is a guy that's going to do a whole lot for him. Could could have a big game over <coughs> there, but I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of consistency behind him. Well, spoiler alert, Mike Wallace could be replacing... Somebody in Butler's lineup who we moved, and we're going to talk about that later. So, um, Tuesday, yesterday morning, we saw uh, Spears make a deal with Storms. Storms gets $25 draft cash from Spears for a $42 Brandon Cooks. I feel like this makes Spears um, the front runner in the league now. He already had a great team. And he didn't have to eat into any of his, um, what I think is probably limited depth. I should say he has a great lineup. He doesn't have a great team. Um, so he adds Brandon Cooks. How do you feel about that for him? It's a real solid move. <clears throat> um, favorable schedule for the playoffs. So anytime you add a guy that's going to explode in some matchups with Tampa Bay on the schedule twice, um, certainly a good move for him. And the fact that he didn't have to give up any pieces of the lineup that he's already built, um, I think it's a real solid move. Um, good for Storms as well because at $42, I'm not sure that Cooks is a good keeper option. His price probably stays around the same. So um, with the loss last week and throwing his hat in the cellar ring, um, I think it's a guy that you can get rid of that if you're not looking to keep and acquire that $25 fully right off the jump. Uh, yeah, and it gives Storms some keeper options now. That's what I wanted to touch on with this deal is um, – <clears throat> you know, he's got the extra $25. DeAndre Hopkins obviously wasn't what they wanted him to be this year. 
I think there's a chance Brock Osweiler's not in a Texans uniform next year, even though they gave him the big deal this year. And I think one of the frontrunners to go to Houston, and I'm not sure if this is a good or a bad thing. I feel like it's probably good. Um, but I think Tony Romo could be in Houston last, next year. That's definitely a possibility. Um, I feel like Houston and Denver are the two spots yeah, that make sense for him. I was going to say Denver as well. Um, and maybe in Arizona, because I think Carson Palmer should probably hang up the cleats after this year. But Yeah, I think the frontrunner to me would be Denver, because they're not tied up. Um, seems like Houston's a little more tied up with the money they spent for Osweiler. So I think... Not all of that was guaranteed. They don't have to be tied up. I mean, the NFL... Right. Stands for not for long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it just seems like Denver's a front runner. I mean, who knows? Um, and who knows if he even does move, but that's all speculation. A lot to play out. Um, but yeah, I think if he ends up there, <coughs> it certainly um, gives Hopkins a lot of the value he had last year back. Yeah, Houston, to me, just makes sense because it's still in Texas. Um, that team's been desperate to win for a while. I just, I feel like Elway would probably rather, and I know you don't like Elway either, I feel like he'd probably rather win with his guys than go out and get, but he does, he likes the free agent splash too, so I don't know. Either way, I think Hopkins could be in a better situation next year, so I think it's smart of them to hold on him um, and see if maybe they can get something out of him next year. He's still at a good price. I think he'll be like uh, $25 or less next year. So, right. Yeah, it's certainly a good option at that price. Yeah. The talent's there. Definitely. All right. Um, after that deal, I think we have one more that happened today. Um, Butler sends Bull $15 draft cash and a $1 uh, Terrell Pryor for... An expensive, well, Sean McCoy. Um, I don't like the deal for Butler. I know Shady's great. He's having another great year on a team where he's the number one, two, and three options. But the guy literally Monday morning had his thumb cut open and something fixed in it. And now he's going to come out and play on Sunday. I don't know how you do that. He's one bad fall away from missing the rest of the season, and Butler gave up what I think is his best keeper in Terrell Pryor to do that. So, Yeah, I'm kind of on the same side as you. I like the keeper value of Pryor, and I think Pryor still holds a decent amount of value on a roster right now. I mean, he's been good. He's been great. Um, and he's kind of something that's kept Butler going. Those weeks that he's gotten... Uh, points out of Pryor, I feel like there's probably a correlation in his win percentage when Pryor performs because he's um, been battling with those flex spots all year. And when Pryor gives it to him, it's good. Um, so to go out and get McCoy, I mean, if McCoy's McCoy, then it's a good move. If he's not, then this could be something that costs him. So I think there's a lot of risk. Um, but who knows what it means until we see what McCoy does. Yeah, so basically Butler needs, because he had been scoring well, he basically needs McCoy, Latavius Murray, and Mike Wallace to um, equal A.J. Green, Terrell Pryor, and whatever he was running out in his flex too most weeks, which could have been a Garcon, could have been an Adam Humphreys, could have been a Eli Rogers, those guys. So 
Yeah, when you look at it that way, you like the odds of that happening. Yeah. More often than not, so it seems like it's a deal that'll work out for him. The the nice thing for Butler is um, Russell Wilson seems to be back and healthy. Yeah, he's That's certainly. Huge. It seems like it's Seattle's time. This is what they do every year. They just kind of come out the gates slow, and now it's time for them to make their playoff push. And it's just it seems like this is what the team's built to do: is win down the stretch. Yeah. So we got about two hours left till the deadline. Um, really was expecting Stein or Fegley to make a move. But I don't know if that's going to happen. So, Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not sure Shane has to make a move. I'm not sure Shane has to. And I'm to not move. sure Fegley should make a move. Right. I'm so, with, with you on that. I still think Fegley's... I don't know if Fegley's going to get any better making a move. I feel like he has a team that could get hot and win it all um, with what he has now. But I'm not sure there's a guy out there that puts him over any of these other teams. I agree. And that's that's why you're making a move to do what Spears did. So. I'm not sure that he's... I feel like he's looking at the moves everyone else is making and feeling like it's getting further away from him, so I'm not sure he wants to give up the draft cash to chase something that he doesn't think is there. Exactly. I don't, I don't think he wants to hurt himself for next year when he's not sure a championship runs um, in the cards for him this year, which I get. Yeah. You don't want to hurt yourself for next year unless you think there's a legitimate shot. Yeah. I guess Sure's the other guy that could still make a move. Um, he's give, He's got $12 left to play with. But, um, you know, all the sellers are pretty much out. Four of us are maxed. Jeremy, no one knows anything about him. Um, and then you got Phil, is kind of on the fence. Um, other than that, no one's really, no really going to be moving guys. So if you can't convince Phil to sell, you're not going to get anything at this point. Unless, uh, unless you magically hear from Jeremy in the next two hours, so. What kind of killed Sure, <clears throat> and I, th- I thought this was a questionable move when it happened, was the Sproles deal. Yeah. Um, that wasn't something that was going to put him over the top, and he spent money. And I think if he would have just held on to it, he could have been in that Cooks race. If he would have been the first guy to offer 25 for Cooks, he could have had him, and that makes his team better. Sproles didn't. But um, he also gave up six for Howard. That's what I mean. Yeah. Though. That... that he put himself in the position with the Sproles trade where he was going to have to nickel and dime and get small pieces that aren't really making him much better rather than going out and getting a splash guy like Cooks that clearly makes your lineup better. Um, as of right now, he doesn't even have Howard in the lineup. He has Sproles there. But, I mean, either way, he's choosing between Sproles and Howard. So he acquired two guys that now and he's... Rashad, and Rashad Jennings. Right. And, I mean, Jennings is a lock this week against Cleveland. So. Yeah. When it comes down to it, he's choosing between two guys he acquired for less than $10 when he could have packaged that and made a more splash deal. So I, I just think he handcuffed himself a little bit, spending the seven early on Sproles. All right, let's get into the Week 12 matchups. Um, pretty weak slate. Um, <laughs> you got, and I guess this is what happens when teams start to sell, obviously, but um, me and Storms in our division are playing the top two teams. Um, Bowl and Butler just made a trade, and now they're playing each other. And then you and Jeremy playing each other, Eddie, that does nothing for the league. So we'll still talk about all the games. Um, we'll start off with Desert Dogs versus Team Ice Cream. Question for the Desert Dogs. 
How do you feel about Todd Gurley against the Saints this week? Uh, he had a nice, nice bounce back week last week. Ran for a 24-yard touchdown. It was his, not only his longest touchdown of the season, it was his longest run of the season. 24 yards, which is amazing because I feel like if you were an NFL red zone guy last year, every other hour you'd see Gurley breaking into the open field just, you know, running free for 30-plus yards. But um, I don't think that this is necessarily a lock that he has a good game against the Saints like most running backs have. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough to say. Uh, it's tough this year to put Todd Gurley in a lock for a good for performance because they just haven't been there. Um, but I think if they get anything out of the quarterback, it's going to help him. Um, I'm not sure that's why he got production last week because that's obviously not what they got out of golf. But um, what did you think of golf? I honestly didn't see anything that he did. Okay. So, um, of course, I wasn't able to watch Red Zone because the Steelers game wasn't on TV. So instead of having Red Zone on my laptop, I had the Steelers game on. So I had no Red Zone on. So I don't know what he did. Uh, looked ugly. It was pouring. It was pouring. Right. Um. He actually had a little more mobility than I thought. He was making some plays outside the pocket, but it just looked like the whole game they just had kid gloves on him. Um, which I kind of expected. Yeah, I mean, this is at least at least the good thing is you're getting a glimpse into what next year could look like. So yeah, um, I think Girl is a good bet for double digits this week, but um, I'm not expecting anything close to what he did last year against teams. Just been frustrating. Um, you know, I'm gonna hold on Todd. Obviously, he's gonna be one of my keepers, one of my favorite players in the league. Mainly because of just what he did to me for me last year, but the good thing about Todd Gurley is that defense is good enough to keep game flow from getting away from you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're gonna have to worry about them being down to the point where he gets out of the game plan and they're throwing it fifty times a game. He's always gonna be in the game plan because you think that defense can keep it close. So that's a, another perk in having Todd on the team. Yeah. No, you're right. Let's move over to uh, Team Ice Cream Spears. So Spears is most likely keeping Ezekiel Elliott um, pending suspension. <laughs> the, other, the other keeper option for him would be Jordy Nelson or Amari Cooper. Where do you stand on those two guys as a keeper for next year? Uh, I told you the other day I feel like <clears throat> it's shaping up that Jordy Nelson is going to be the guy I beat up all offseason. It was Hopkins and Ingram this year. I think it could be Jordy Nelson next year. Uh, he's getting older. His big plays aren't there as much. I think year two on that ACL repair is going to be a little different than year one. Um, as you get older, it's going to start to affect him. So if I were choosing between those two, I think it's Cooper. Um, to me, it looks like you have an offense that's on decline and a team that's on the rise. So there's no doubt about it. You take the guy that's on the rise. And David Carr, sorry, Derek Carr, ew. Uh, <laughs> Derek Carr is definitely um, on the rise, and it seems like Green Bay is on the brink of falling apart to a rebuilding process in a hurry because it seems like they don't write the ship. McCarthy's going to be out of town, and, and who knows what it means. So take the more stable position. Double OT in the Sixers game. I didn't get any points in OT, though, from guys. Good. And some guy named Trevor Booker has 42 points for Shane. Yeah, usually gets 10 when I use them. 
All right, who wins, dogs versus ice cream? Ice cream. Ice cream, agreed. Shane would also pick the ice cream. Um, all right, take your ball and go home versus franchise. Shane's team's great. Not a whole lot to talk about with them, but just taking a look ahead since Shane's in the playoffs, Tom Brady plays Denver in Week 15, which would be the semifinals of our league. What should Shane do? At quarterback position for week 15. Should he run Tom out there against Denver? Or should he be looking to acquire a quarterback or pick one up on the waiver wire? What do you think? Um, I think you play Brady. I don't think you can Denver. play. That's fine. You can't play him against Denver? I don't, I think, don't think you can. I don't think, there's a, I don't think that Denver's as scary as they were last year. I think. They have no one that can block Von Miller, right? Um, I Maybe think not. That's I don't part know. why they brought Marty Bennett in, so that they don't have to use Gronk. I mean, I've talked about it before on on our podcast. The biggest difference in that playoff game last year between them was the fact that Gronk spent eighty percent of the plays probably blocking, and when that's your go-to guy and he's not running routes, that kills you. And he's not very good. <clears throat> um, I think Bennett's better at it, so I think they can go two tight ends and help chip with Bennett, and they still get Gronk out on the route. So I think they made that move with that matchup in their mind for a potential playoff matchup and, and, and situations like that when they play a good defense. So um, I think, I mean, without looking at the matchups and knowing if there's a good QB matchup on where you can pick someone up, I think you just you, you roll with. Yeah, I think if we dug into this a little more, we may be able to find someone that we like better than Brady. I was trying to pull off a three-way deal today that would have Shane getting Kirk Cousins for me, and he plays Carolina in Week 15. Would have liked that matchup more than Brady against Denver, right? If it's at home. Cousins at home, you mean? Yeah. I think it was at home. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not a big guy that subscribes into benching your stars. I feel like you always play your stars. Like In, in my dad's case, I feel like you play Cam Newton every week, even though... There's times that Stafford's better, but um, I also sat Drew Brees in the championship last year because he was on the road, and I thought Cousins had a nice matchup, and I started Cousins, and it was one of the reasons why I won. So, um, I don't know. I, I feel like if you have somebody that can put up a better game, Shane's got to find him, and I think you should be looking for him now rather, rather than waiting. Question for the franchise, is Adam Thielen legit, especially with Diggs potentially out this week? I saw Thielen have a nice game last week for Minnesota. Um, he seems to get really involved when um, Diggs is not in, and it's looking like Diggs is not going to play tomorrow. So what do you think about that? It's the, the early game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think if Diggs is out... Well, let me ask this. If Diggs is out, who would you like better, Thielen or Rudolph? Uh, for me, Rudolph in a season long, I think, I think Daly, uh, in the right spot. There's some something to like about Thielen, but I think Rudolph's going to be the touchdown maker. Um, honestly, this game, this game screams stay away. Um, if at all possible in a season long. Um, I don't really like 
the thought of playing Thielen a season long, like I said, it's just it's hit or miss, and I feel like you're gonna miss more than you hit. I mean, Detroit's not good by any means, but neither Sam Bradford. So, I mean, in Storm's case, he's gonna have to play Thielen because he just moved Cooks, um, and he dropped Jeremy Macklin and Danny Woodhead and Kevin White and Zach Miller and. Um, fully expecting him to add some guys overnight in the waiver wire because I think he's about four players short of a full roster. But he's going to run Thielen out there, and I think he'll have a Cole Beasley game. He'll be 10 to 15. If he gets in the end zone, he could yeah. approach 20. But I don't think he's locked in to start with Thielen. Um, I like Inman and Marquise Lee more. Um, I don't know what's on the wire. Maybe there's something out there better than Thielen, but I mean, he has definitely some spots to fill so we could see him out there alright who wins uh Shane yeah Shane wins um alright let's move over to the Sea Wolves versus Abusement Park start off with the Wolves in this one how do you feel about Jamison Crowder as a potential keeper option um is there any way that you think it would make sense for Phil to keep Crowder and Jordan Reed together hmm Good question, right? This is a good question. You know, Thanks, I thought it was. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you really want to keep two guys from the same team at the same position. Not, yeah. I mean, you would keep a quarterback and a receiver together. Sure, if you. But no, he's keeping quarterbacks. So. <clears throat> if you had Tom Brady for a dollar, you would keep him. Yeah, I mean, there's a scenario out there for everything. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> I don't Fury think Crowder is a keeper. I think he's exploding. What? If your aunt had balls. What? If your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. He said there's a scenario out there for everything, so that was like a... I still think you're speaking English, but... <laughs> um, I don't love Crowder as a keeper option. Um, he certainly burst onto the scene. Um, but let's not forget that Josh Dawson's around. Who knows when he's healthy? He's an explosive player. He got IR this year, <clears throat> so I think uh, Crowder's volume disappears a little bit when Dawson comes back next year. Um, I think he turns into that vertical threat, but I, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe Dawson's emergence uh, hurts Jackson more than it does Crowder. I mean, it's going to be something to watch in the off season, but there's certainly not a ton of keeper talent on this team. Well, so, the other guy would be Spencer Ware. So right. Ware and Reed is a pretty good combo. Yeah, I think that's probably the safer bet than Crowder. Crowder's interesting, though. <clears throat> um, it's used to kind of have the MO being a slot guy, and maybe it was just the Packers defense, but he was doing. He had a pretty extensive route tree last week, Monday night. All three balls. Three balls, really? Three fun and two in the score. Well, one of them was a deep ball, and that's just not what we're used to seeing from him. So. I mean, his catch, he's got, Sue me. he's got a four, a two, a three, a three, a four, and a three. So, I mean, it's not like he's getting huge volume. So, it's been touchdowns. He's then. been a touchdown maker, yeah. Touchdown dependent. Next week, we'll talk about touchdown dependent wide receivers. Him and Jordy Nelson. <laughs> I feel like you think this, this show's gone off the rails right now. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll, we'll get it back on the rails with an easy one here. What's OBJ's ceiling against the Browns this week? A <laughs> hundred touchdowns. <laughs> um, That's his ceiling. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 
What are you expecting? Because I don't, and I have no facts to back this up, but I don't feel like we've seen, um, and I don't want to call it the Joe Hayden effect because I still don't think Joe Hayden's very good, but we haven't, I feel like we haven't seen big wide receiver one games against them. I feel like it's been running backs and other people, but I don't know. I, I, like I said, I have nothing to back that up. I don't know what Brown did against them last week. He had a good game, didn't he? It was okay, I think. I'd have to look. I don't think it was anything special, but the uh, the wins was ridiculous in that game. I know Ben threw him a deep ball where he had the guy, I think he had Hayden beat by 10 yards, and the ball landed by like 20 yards to the right of him. Um, but yeah, I think you, you might be, I think you might be closer to that than you think. Um, and I, I wonder if it's just because game flow, usually they're not in the game. They've been in more games this year than they have been in the past. Yeah. A lot of close ones. Um, but I think it just comes down to you can do what you want against them. Um, so I don't think you need to rely on your wide receiver one where in other matchups you're, you got to go to that guy a lot more to get production. So maybe that's what it is, but I think Becker will be good this week. Um, good bounce back game for him. He's had a couple downers this year. So it seems like every time he comes off of a downer, they go to him a lot. So would he be a guy you'd consider in FanDuel this week? Sure, I mean, you always consider, you consider him week in, week out, and, and, and paired with the fact that you consider anyone that's playing against the Browns. Um, I'd, I mean, I'd imagine he'll be highly in our contest. I'm sure. It seems like he is every week that he's got a good matchup. Alright, who wins this one? Uh, give me the amusement park. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say that the Sea will stay alive. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, I think, what do you think, let's just touch on this quickly, what do you think Jeremy Hill's boost is with Bernard Terrence ACL? We're not going to see it this week. We won't know, because Baltimore's tough. I mean, they they slowed Zeke down for a good while in that game, and if you're slowing that guy down, then uh, Jeremy Hill's really a non-factor. But on the other side, you got Eifert going for Beesman Park. He's going to be canceled out well. I think C.J. Mosley's great. Um a great coverage linebacker. He's a good run stopper too, but he can certainly take tight ends out of the game. So I think that's two guys that end up washing out with, with coming up small. All right, let's talk about the hammer versus the weevils. Um, do you think Butler did enough at the trade deadline? Um, we talked about it a little bit, but not. Well, do you think he's better? Do you think he's the best team in his division? Is he better than Papa Cause? Without having Papa Cause's lineup here, I would have to say that <clears throat> Butler got better. I think he did. Um, he's got three good backs in there now. I mean, when you're flexing out Latavius Murray, you might get some duds from him, but you're going to get those high touchdown weeks. So I think that makes him better. Um, and, and then he's going to be flexing out McCoy, too. So. I mean, four backs between Freeman, Gordon, Latavius, and uh, McCoy. That's a pretty good stable. The thing, so. the thing that Butler, I think, did the best at the deadline was we saw, obviously, the problems he ran into against you last week because he only had Gordon and Freeman. So adding McCoy and Murray gives him a little bit of a cushion if one of those guys were to go down. You've talked about how it's easier to add receivers through the wire, um, and Butler's done a good job of picking receivers at the right time with the right matchups and hitting on streaming wide receivers. So um, I think that was a sneaky thing that he did well 
at the deadline. I'm not sure it was intentional or not, but um, I know he was targeting backs because when I offered him the Latavius deal, he was like, "I need, I need a back." Yeah, and he was all about that. That's one thing that also steered him away from giving you AJ Green for Wallace and Tate. He were he really wanted a running back, and so I mean, I don't know if it's because he felt confidence in what he's been able to do flexing out receivers or. I think I think it was feet. I think it was the fact that he lost to you last week because of his running back spot. I think that probably had more to do with it. But right. <clears throat> all right, I want you to rank Bowles keeper options. Um, the three options I think in my mind are Terrell Pryor to Dollar, Allen Robinson, and Keenan Allen. Those three, huh? Mm-hmm. Let me get prices on Allen and A. Robert. I guess that would probably help you, right? 12. Allen's 12 next year, and uh, Allen Robinson is 12, and Keenan Allen would be 18. Yeah, for me, I think it's Allen Robinson and Terrell Pryor. Um, I like Keenan Allen. I think he's a good talent. I think as long as Phil Rivers is there, he's going to be good, but... The dude's not healthy, um, ever. It's two years in a row now, so he is that that early second round talent he was this year. But I'd much rather have a guy that I think is going to play. So um, I'm intrigued by Pryor. I think if that team gets any better, Pryor's going to be pretty good. Do you think Keenan Allen's injury prone? I mean, the ACL obviously this year. Are ACL freak injuries? To an extent, uh, I'm not a doctor, yeah. so I mean, I can't. I know we should call I mean. Stefania Bell for that, but yeah, who, um, I mean, last year it was a lacerated spleen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's yeah. a freak injury, but when freak injuries start to pile up, you lose confidence in a guy. I mean, um, if people are going to throw Le'Veon Bell into that conversation of he's a guy that can't play 16 games because he gets hurt and this and that, I think you have to think of that about him no matter whether you think it's coincidence or freak injuries or I mean the facts are the facts he's not on the field so yeah you're probably right um I, I still I'm still a believer in Keenan Allen so I am as well alright uh who wins this matchup Hammer versus Weevils Hammer Hammer like I said boring week for the league in matchups mm-hmm. <laughs> power curtain speaking of boring um, let's let's keep this one quick here. How do you like Dak this week against a tired Redskins D? That game ended Sunday night around midnight, um, and now they're playing the four o'clock game on Thanksgiving. Uh, I like everything Dak's doing. Um, spoke out about being a believer in what he's doing. Um, I think there's something to be said about the, the Redskins being tired after that. That game was a track meet. Every time they turn around, their offense is making a big play and they run the field. So I think uh, the Redskins may be a little tired. So I think that's a good underlying story. Yeah, you got to like Dak this week, especially with the fact that the uh, Redskins struggle against big receivers like Des Bryant. Shout out to Shane. Miss you, buddy. Um, question for you. Is Rob Kelly a keeper option for you? Um, I say it every week that I'm considering all options. Uh, Rawls, Kelly. AJ Green and Alshon, and certainly Michael Thomas on the back end. I I like Rob Kelly. I I like the Redskins. The Redskins seem to be one of those one back offenses. Um, just not sure he could be. He could be a flavor of the week. I don't know. 
I, I don't think he, I think he's too much like Rawls as a keeper for you next year. And I think you're trying to get away from what you did this year with your keepers. Yeah, this year I felt like I overvalued my keepers. Thought I had an RB two in Rawls and didn't really draft well enough around him. Thought I had a wide receiver one in Landry and didn't feel like I drafted well enough around him. Of course, the Dez injury killed me. Uh, if Dez is doing what he's doing now, I think my season could look different. But with that being said, uh, I want to keep guys I know are going to be producers and try to build around them. I want I want Keystone guys in my lineup. Um, off the keepers this year, so. Um, who wins this outstanding matchup between you and the power? Ooh. It's going to be a barn burner. Um, take myself. Why not? I'm on a hot streak. I think I've won two out of the last three, something like that. Yeah. I'll take the power just because you've sold and he hasn't. Um, he's still got some players on his team, so. I'll take them to beat you this week, buddy. Sorry. Last matchup, Clan uh, versus Patriots. Andrew Luck was ruled out today. So what should Fegley's QB decision look like? There's a couple guys out there on the wire. Um, I think my two favorites would be either Kaepernick or um, Ryan Tannehill. Where do you stand? I don't know who either one of those teams play with that. Uh, they're playing each other, actually. Um, Tannehill. Yeah, I like Tannehill too. <laughs> um, is it just because you can't trust Cap, you think? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd take anyone that's playing against San Francisco's defense any day of the week. I think you can do whatever you want against them. I agree. Um be interested to see where Fedley goes there. I think he was probably trying to add a quarterback here at some point. I know he made a move for Big Ben from Bowl. Uh, didn't really work out, but um, it is what it is. All right, Rank Papa's tight ends for this week. He's got three of them. They all have, I think, pretty good matchups. Um, Kyle Rudolph, Delaney Walker, Travis Kelsey. We got uh, Rudolph in the early game tomorrow. As we mentioned, Diggs probably won't play, so you have to like Rudolph's matchup. Delaney Walker is against the Bears. Gotta like that matchup as well. And then Travis Kelsey's at Denver. That one's not really a good one, I guess. Yeah, no, that's not good. That's on the bench. <coughs> I can't believe he's going the whole season on two tight ends out there. Eddie benches Kelsey and fills in another one. Um, but certainly the right matchup to do it. I'd go Walker 1. Rudolph, 1A, Kelsey, 3. All right, I'd go Rudolph, Walker, Kelsey. Um, I think Rudolph's as good a bet as any to get in the end zone this week. I think he is as well, but I, I don't know. I feel like Walker... <coughs> the problem with Walker and Kelsey is they don't score touchdowns. Yeah, I just think Walker has a higher ceiling. Than definitely, Rudolph, so definitely. That's why I put him up there uh, higher. He can, he can go off any given week, so... I think the emergence of Rashard Matthews probably has to start helping him soon. Yeah. I know my dad's been frustrated. Uh, kind of got left out of a lot of the big acquisitions. You know, he made a move for Landry and Blunt from you, and he got Doug Martin from me. Um, so that's definitely made him better. But, you know, guys adding Brandon Cooks now and stuff like that, he definitely feels like he missed out on those opportunities. But I told him, 
for keeping Cam Newton in his worst season, um, for drafting Jamal Charles and Arian Foster and Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he's had a nice season. Yeah, he certainly worked around. I mean, you wouldn't think if you looked around at leagues, teams that started that way probably aren't sitting where he is right now. So. Yeah, and he's been he's been fortunate. Guys haven't really scored against him. Um, that's definitely helped. But um, Isaiah Crowell has kind of saved his season. He's been good. Yeah, for the first half the season, he was pretty good. He's fallen off in a big way. Um, but yeah, he he kept him afloat there for a long time. Since probably the first, I get the first four weeks, he was really good. Since then, it's been. Okay, uh, touchdown saved in two weeks, but he's not getting the carries he was getting. He was in the teens for the first five weeks, and since then he's been less than ten carries four out of six games. So for whatever reason they're not giving the ball, um, I don't know if it's been game flow or, or what's going on, but they've gone away from him. All right, who wins this one? This one's a huge one, and the uh, this is the one really big matchup this week um, in the LA division. Fedley sits a game behind Papakaz, um, and I think Papakaz won the first matchup between them. Uh, but who do you think wins this one this week? Go with Papakaz. I think it has the potential to be close, but losing Luck um, I think hurts him, uh, especially against that Steelers defense. He probably could have had a nice week. Um, that kills Moncrief. So that's two guys that are hurt by one injury. Um, don't like Moncrief at all this week. With Tolzien in. Uh, never like Britt, even though he's got New Orleans. Um, love Baldwin, though. Big on Baldwin this week. So I'll take Pop Taz as well. Um, so there it is. That wraps up Week 12 matchups. We did not see a trade happen during the podcast. I was kind of hoping we'd see a trade happen, but uh, it didn't happen. So... An hour and 40 minutes left for the trade deadline. Um, Otherwise, best of luck to everybody in Week 12. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the league. Um, And we'll talk Week 13, last week of the regular season, next week. So good luck to everyone. Uh, Eddie, thanks for joining me. Shane, we miss you. Hope you'll be back next week. And uh, talk to you guys later.